We are live. Once again, everybody, I'm having a little snack here on podcast number 16, the Power Stroke Tech Talk podcast. We have Matt, we have Reeland Ryan, and Nate coming from the west side of Washington State. Heidi Ho from Washington. Um, DS, my man's sleepy. So he's sleeping. Daddy Diesel, he's sleeping. But we're going to chill with us for tonight. And we're going to talk about, you know, the same thing we talk about. Um, actually, maybe something a little different. We're going to talk about school buses uh, for a little bit because we got three dudes right now on here that work on the Bluebird uh, application with the Roush Cleantech uh, kit fuel system and it is propane powered and they are Ford uh, chassis Ford engine Ford trans powertrain um, and it is coupled with that Roush kit so um, first off I guess if uh, Nate you just want to say uh, um, how long you've been working on school buses and kind of just maybe what you do and what kind of sure. just explore into there yeah, so I started working on school buses in 2004. So for a couple of years, I've been working on, on school bus uh, stuff. And yeah. um, the last like 10 years or so, I was a mobile mechanic. So I was driving around the state of Washington for the dealer, um, fixing buses, doing warranty, warranty issues, recalls, stuff like that. Um, advanced troubleshooting that maybe the districts didn't have time to deal with or yeah. or whatnot so um resolving that stuff and then i recently branched out on my own started my own i took a couple of years off um and then started my own business um uh, doing mobile mechanic mobile mechanic stuff on school buses so yeah about a about a year or so doing that on my own heck yeah what uh you say mobile mechanic what what are you working out of do you got like a like a box truck or a What's your, what kind of setup you got? So I have a kind of different setup. Um, I have an F-350 with okay. a pickup bed okay. and I put a canopy on it and a cargo glide. so like a bed slide. Okay. And then on that cargo glide, I mounted a couple of snap-on top boxes. So those are bolted to the, the cargo glide. And then I throw all my tools in that. <laughs> Interesting. And, I like um, it. That was the most recent setup that I had when I was working for the dealer and I really liked it. Um, I liked working out of the snap-on boxes rather than compartments. Um, I found that with compartments, they were more susceptible to moisture and tools starting to turn orange. So, but when I switched to the, the snap-on setup, toolbox setup, I found that that kind of went away. Um, and, and then I also like being able to, to fit through drive-thrus when you're in a when you're in a compartment truck, service truck body, usually it's like a dually or it's too long, too wide, whatever to fit through. So help us paint a through. picture. What uh, what are we working at? What do we got? Um, a crew cab. We got a long bed, short bed, color. So it's a crew cab, uh, 2016 long bed. Oh, okay. Ruby red, oh, single sure. rear wheel. Okay, okay. Um, and the Lariat, Lariat package. So way back before I started this business, um, and chatting with the wife we wanted to get a camping trailer and so we figured well let's get a truck first okay. and then we'll figure out uh, you know something to pull later and then uh, this opportunity kind of opened up and and decided to just kind of turn that vehicle which was just going to be a tow rig into a service truck 
Excellent. Excellent. What, what, what power is that? So it's got the six, seven in it. Heck yeah. What were you at for mileage? I'm at 102,000. Okay. 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 Anything wrong with that? Anything, everything good with it? Um, there have been a, there have been a few uh, minor things that need to be addressed. So I bought it last fall, so I've had it just over a year. Um, it had like seventy five thousand miles on it, and since I've had it, I did purchase it with ESP. Oh heck yeah! So, cool, cool, cool. Um, it's not so much the base engine that I'm worried about; it's all the after treatment stuff mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> and everything totally. else. Um, so yeah, I got ESP. I've used it a few times. I've had a water pump failure. Let's see what else have they done. I've had an emissions code for the reductant tank heater. P20BA. Yep. So they just took care of that like a couple weeks ago. And then right now, after I got it back from that, I crawled underneath. And I was looking around seeing, you know, making sure they didn't miss something or whatnot. And I found I've got an oil leak on the driver's side valve cover. Oh. So I, Call them back up, and I'm like, "Hey, I just paid my deductible. I'd like to go and get this taken care of." <laughs> so yeah, yeah. What they say? It's, no problem. It's back in now. Yeah, they're like, right, cool. yeah, "No problem." Oh, I did have an issue with the um, the mirror. One of the mirrors, I was getting a code for the horizontal position sensor um, on the power mirror, and so I originally took that in with the with the reductant heater fault, and the um, the uh, service advisor said that it would not be covered under warranty because I had a turn signal camera mounted to the housing of the mirror. And she said, well, it's been modified, so you're on your own. I can sell you a new mirror and install it for you if you'd like. And so I pushed back a little bit at the time and said, hey, you know, if there's nothing wrong with the installation or the component that's there, why would you just say the warranty is no good and and not get it covered if it's just a defect in the part or whatever? And uh, she said, well, we got to submit pictures and it's going to show that it's been modified or damaged, whatever. And I was like, well, there's no damage. She's like, well, you drill the hole to mount the camera. Yeah, I drilled a hole to mount the camera. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, when I picked up the truck after they were done with the emission stuff, I I asked for Ford's customer service number. She gave it to me. I ended up talking to, I don't know if they're called adjusters or guys and I explained to them what I had going on and I said hey you know I mounted, you know, had this camera installed um, on the housing I uh, don't believe it's related to the failure is this typical because in my in my mind I'm thinking a super duty everybody modifies a super duty right 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 where right they put, where they put an aftermarket whatever right yeah like so he puts a dump bed on the truck he didn't leave Ford with a dump bed on it right <laughs> so anyway and he's like nope you're right absolutely it's their response you know they've got to prove that the aftermarket component caused the failure and it was awesome he like pulled up my policy you know by then and said yep you know they have to prove that the modification caused the failure and then at that point if that's the case then uh, your diagnosis is on you but if they don't prove it it's just a defective part or whatever component they should take care of it for you so it was awesome Uh, made me feel good about having the esp coverage (laughs) so he um, gave me a, like a reference number, I guess, that the dealer can use to kind of look up our conversation. Um, I called the advisor back and I said, hey, this is you know the conversation I had. Here's the reference number. And she was like, okay, awesome. You know, that's great. You know, typically, you know, maybe something's changed, but typically, you know, in the past this is the way it's been. 
I'm like, okay. What? Yeah, no, no, no big deal. Like no. at this point, if she's, what? <laughs> if she's, you know, willing to look at it, then yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, the, the pass is in the that's past. Very, <laughs> that's very so. interesting. That's I've, all never, I've never, that's I've never, interesting. Just, I've, I've never had an issue like that. I've never looked at something and been like, I can't warranty that. <laughs> yeah, what she was saying is that Ford is very particular with mirrors um, because they're so susceptible to impact damage, and they require pictures and you know photos of everything, digital imaging, all that. Absolutely, yep, absolutely. Sense. You know, I did that a ton for Bluebird and and Roush and stuff that I've done in the past, so I get it. You got to do that for headlights uh, and tail lights and all that shit. Yep. But and so she was concerned, like once Ford saw that that camera oh. mounted or the hole where the camera was. They were going to consider that damage and and deny the claim, and then they'd be stuck. Yeah, they were the, just afraid the <laughs> claim was going to get kicked. But yeah, I haven't. Uh, no, I don't. Haven't been ever been out there or, or know anybody that's been in that side of the the country. Is is Washington's emissions similar to California's? Do you guys oh, have yeah. like inspections and shit all the time? Um, we do. I'm trying to think. It's not okay. It's not as bad as California, but California kind of sets the standard for everybody, right? As far as the 50 state emissions is all based on them. So, um, but I think like on the diesel side, they don't do any inspections on that. Um, on the cars, I think they stopped doing smog. They used to do smog checks when I, back when I moved here, they'd have uh, emission stations that you'd pull up into and the, st the state would inspect your car. No kidding. Um, but I believe they've got, gotten rid of those. Um, wow. my, my cars are a little bit newer and I haven't had to deal with it lately. So I'm pretty sure they've gone away. But. How far, how, um, how far out do you have uh, ESP till 150, so, 125? I believe I am covered with ESP till 123. Oh, okay. 123,000. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well so. worth it for sure. Yeah. And then the other thing that they said when I purchased this vehicle that I wasn't familiar with um, is they said that I can renew ESP. So when it comes due at the end of the term, whether mileage or time, that I can reach out to Ford and say, hey, I'd like to renew my, my ESP coverage. And that they'll do that, I think, up to two or three times, something like that. Really? I wasn't aware of that. And then hmm. they all said it was transferable. And of course, this is this is the sales guy right at the yep. at the dealer. So maybe take some things with a grain of salt, but, <laughs> but I've that's heard it what, be trans yeah. transferable. Yeah. You have to pay like a, a paper fee or oh refundable. Yeah, I've heard that. You get like a, a prorated charge of however long mm -hmm. you had the vehicle you get your Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah what like the... I said, getting a getting an older diesel with a few miles on it. I want to make sure I had coverage, especially with those emissions components, because they can get pricey quick. Did you get it from uh, yeah. a big dealer out there or small dealer? Yeah, I got it from a pretty good sized dealer out here. Okay, okay. okay. The, I think they're the biggest commercial dealer as well in the state. Wow. Yeah, they're pretty big. Wow, that's interesting. I wonder, um, I don't know, do you guys like, because uh, the Pacific's being that close to the water, do you have to worry about uh, like corrosion? Is like a bunch of uh, cars and trucks rusted and shit out there? Not really. Um, we do get corrosion from the road, the road de-icer stuff that they use around here. Um, it, it's not as severe as back east. 
Um, and out here, I primarily have just seen it attack wiring. You know, if somebody if somebody pokes a harness, a wire harness on a bus, it's going to turn get the green crusties and and cause all sorts of havoc. But I had um, one come in with with that just reminded me. It was a uh, a bluebird. It was you know a long one, and the uh, turn signal didn't work. I don't know where it was. If it was in the wall in the back, and just I don't know where it was. You know how that wiring is. You know. Yep. I wound up having to fish tape <laughs> up through, you know, take the, the lights out the back, yep. fish tape through like the, the skeletal all the way up into the inside. Over in, man, dude, you talk about pain in the butt. I spent like yeah. all day trying, oh, I couldn't get it to make this bend. So I pull all the way out, make this slight little bend at the tip so it could just go around a corner and fucking fish it back up there. It's like, Oh my gosh, man. That was a pain yeah, in the butt. This can be exact, especially with the windows back there. Oh then my you're trying gosh. to push it through a little a little gap like this along yeah, the side of the window. You can't take that window. I mean, you could take the window out, but it's I, not gonna give you anything. Dude, yeah. Like it was it'd be <laughs> pointless. Yeah. Well, did, did they have you go that far at where you work, Aaron? Yeah. We, we did. Touch, I mean, we don't do anymore. We won't touch. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. We won't touch a Bluebird issue. It's a it's a Ford or a Roush issue. We'll touch it, but we used to. I well, mean, we. Dude, this is a thing I need to know from you, Nate. What's the easiest way to pull a hood off of one of those? The easiest way to pull a hood? You know, I don't think I've ever pulled a hood. Really? Yeah. Because getting an engine out of those is not fun whatsoever. With just mm -hmm. like that's what I got to do. A cherry picker. Okay. It is a terrible, not fun experience of having two other people stand on the back of an engine hoist while you all <laughs> yank it backwards because the thing's like eight feet in the air. Yeah, because you I didn't take the hood off? Uh, yeah. Dude, and the thing is, when I pulled the hood off, you know how the hood, it's like a torsion yeah. bar that holds it on? Well... You better lay down when you undo that bad boy. So if anyone knows how to get one of those hoods off without like causing severe bodily harm, I'd like to know. Yeah, that's the a good point. bar should be released when the hoods closed. I think you can slide them out when they're closed. I, mean, I wonder how you get the bolts out. I don't know. Well, no, we looked at it and diddled with it and did this, did that. We mm -hmm. called our local bluebird deal and they're like we don't know we know we've never had to take one off and we're like well how shit do not, how do you not know you guys building the shit we're not, we're not pulling the engines <laughs> no, it, was way, it was way easier to pull that v10 i think i was like the second school bus i had to do an engine on it was way easier to pull that engine straight out the front than like yeah. up and over the frame rail yeah because yeah, yeah, any of you that. guys ever had to pull out the propane tanks right. out of a school bus uh, yeah. we haven't had to replace tanks yet no well i mean just i had to service the um the manual lpd yeah in in the tank and it was only accessible by taking the whole tank out yeah i had to do it twice yeah. I've, I've pulled one tank it was a brand new unit that had a defective weld around the service flange no way. And so it was just like icing up. It just had this like little tiny ice ball, like the size of a pea. <laughs> and it was just propane leaking. So did I don't they know bring it in for a propane leak? 
Yeah. So, and yeah, it was a brand new bus on an you know, inspection at the dealer that we, oh, okay. we found it. And uh, I think we found it. Somebody found it. And so we had to pull the tank. So, you know, transfer out as much fuel as you can. Then you have to vent it, vent the tank. Then you have to push the bus in <laughs> because it's not going to drive on its own power. Yep. Um, and then, and then on those, yeah, the tank slides out the back. So you got to take the rear bumper off. And then, yep. Yep. And then very carefully slide this, what, 10 foot tank, 12 foot tank. Yeah. What and would you guys use to take it out? Forklift. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It, Cause it's a, the one I did was a hundred gallon tank. So I know they have a couple options there. They have like a 68 gallon or hundred gallon. Yeah. Like extended so, range. And then it's metrical, so it wants rock. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, forklift or a couple of tranny jacks would work too. Oh, oh I didn't think about that. Oh, that's a good idea. Aaron, how many Roush powered <laughs> vehicles that you get in, whether it's like an econo line or a school bus, do you see that are missing the cover on the bottom? You mean like the surface cover? Yeah. Never. Dude, bolts missing are... all the time. Oh, bolts missing are snapped off in there all the time, but we've had a few <laughs> that come in and we're like, what the, where'd the cover go? Yeah. What, I... through somebody's windshield. <laughs> Hopefully not, but. <laughs> what I don't like yeah. is the ones that I, I frequently work on are the, uh, e450 shuttle buses so we have a a transit company out here called smart and um they are running the propane and they have this uh, i think it's called more ride it's like a stability it's got the sway bar that's like that big in the back huge huge for the shuttle buses Mm -hmm. well the there's a brace that goes underneath the tank so the tank sits i'm wedged right between these two things and there's a bar that goes right underneath it well i don't know if these bozos are like pulling off of a loading dock and then bam slam right into the bar and slams it into the cover so every time i gotta take the cover off i'm like you know before i even pull it in go out and look yep smashed I think out of the hundreds that I've worked on, I think maybe two, maybe three have came in and I've actually had a gap. I'm like, hell yeah, we got all the bolts, but I don't have to smack because then I got to get the torch because then the, the bolt won't come out. It's just like, oh, it's just unnecessary. That's always an unnerving feeling, torching around a propane tank. Well, I haven't invented anything yet, so... It just doesn't set well. Oh, Nate, how do you guys um, empty a tank? So I haven't had one that had completely dead fuel pumps. Like, we've had one where one of the pumps was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we primarily use that pump to pump awesome. out into another vehicle. I like and it. then when it's pretty much pumped all of the liquid out and we just have the vapor, um, yeah, I've done vent. it using a 55 gallon drum filled with water and I huh? put the vent hose in the water really and the water captures the ethylmer captain the smell really yes and no so then the fire kidding. department doesn't show up and say we have someone reported a gas smell <laughs> really 
That's interesting. And, I've never heard of that. Yeah, no, we usually just call the fire department and let them know that. <laughs> <Let> them know. <laughs> that you've been into atmosphere. It's a, uh, it's sometimes Something a like scary that. thing to do. I don't, um, I wasn't fond of working on them in the beginning, but Mm-mm. I mean, it's kind of an acquired sense of knowledge when working on it. Like for me, I mean, I know, you know, use RDT and IDS and whatever, you know, see the gauges on E. Yep. Try to start it. Yep. Won't start. Okay. No, it's got to be out of fuel. Look at the twin site. Yep. It's on E. Okay, I'm going to do one more thing before I start, you know, cracking these bolts, you know, loose on the tank flange. Oh, I don't hear nothing hits from the, the drain. Okay. Let me just go ahead and ding, ding, ding. There, there's a sound to the tank. I use the same ratchet every time. I'll hit the tank before I before I do it, you know, before I start cracking loose. And it just sounds really hollow. Just, you know, ding, ding, ding. And then you'll hit it with some fuel in there and it ain't resonating. It ain't sounding dong, 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 dong. Man, I had Dude, one. How many, how many times have you gone to take the lines off, like, the manifold at the back of the intake manifold? Mm-hmm. and you've you've purged those lines like mm-hmm. 10 times and you're confident there's no more fuel in there and you pull that clip out and you give it a yank and <laughs> right in the face every time yep. Uh, yep i did that once um i had the the tool on there the jiffy tight tool to take it off and I'm like it was fighting me and fighting me i'm like it shouldn't be this hard jiffy tight should <laughs> just like you know pop the spring and you know i, I pushed Literally i think i pushed the two in push the tube in, which released the pressure on the spray, and then, yeah, boom! And then the Jiffy Tide tool was gone. <laughs> Never to be found again. Oh, no! <laughs> like, oh, man! <laughs> but, and then, of course, of out in the field, right? So, yeah, just, just one of those things. Um, have, have you two ever replaced, or not ever, um, have you guys replaced the cat monitor in those buses at all? That is something I, I have done I a bunch of times. The what? The 9G444. Like the catalyst monitor? Yeah, like I have done probably a dozen of those. Brand new. Mm-hmm. Like got 2,000 miles on it. Come in. Got the heater code for the, the cat monitor. Like what the fuck? And that's actually Roush. Uh, or uh, Is that Bluebirds or Roush's? No, that's Roush's. Roush warranties that. So I, I've always had to Dude, start a ticket for that. That's the one thing I hate the most when one of those comes in is it's like, do we go through Ford's ESP yeah, or know, do I we know. go through Roush? Because Roush makes it very easy. Hmm. <laughs> like yes, I had that do. one school make bus, really demo. I think it was one of their demo school buses. It was brand new. I think they had it listed as like a 2022 model year and this was last year so it would have been like 2019 i did it i had a noise so we dropped the pan and we shined the light up in there and we're like oh those cylinders oh. don't look good took a picture of it sent it to roush and they're like just put an engine in it what? <laughs> <laughs> they literally were like just put an engine in it wow hope they were yeah. shipping it to you they what the engine no they don't they have a, they have a whole bunch of them in their little assembly thing but they're like I think that one did come from them, but I still had to swap 
Well, no. Have you ever been no, to their it, facility? It did, it, it did come from them because we got it was to just tour a long block, and I know this because I'm a complete dingling. I went to pull the water pump out of the one that I was replacing, and the thing just jumped right out of my hands, like just butterfinger. It just hit the ground. I'm like, fuck. Ah. Like, fuck. So I get on the phone and I call my favorite buddy whose name starts with a G that works there. And I'm like, hmm. man, <laughs> messed up. I'm going to touch you right now. Like, We're talking about him. Like, I need a water pump. He goes, did it, did it slip out of your hands? I go, no, dude, it jumped. <laughs> no, dude, it fucking jumped. No, it didn't go many. like that, but. Have you done many of the PTOs on the front? Dude, those things can go straight straight to the bottom of hell. <laughs> I didn't know it was possible to what because what size are those? 18 mil hex? I think they're 14, aren't they? You're talking yeah. about 14, the, whatever. Yeah. I didn't know it was possible to snap one of those in half. <laughs> oh, man. The socket? Yeah. Snap, like the socket? snap the socket clean in half. Oh man. Because <laughs> those are yeah, those are reverse thread, right? Yep, they're reverse thread. I remember the first time we had one of those, and I think one of the guys had to do a front cover on it. And we're like, we're looking, we're like, okay, you know, it's because those are reverse thread, aren't they? They're left hand thread. Yeah. yeah. So we're like, okay, he gets the nuts off, he gets the one bolt off. We're like, dude, just, you got some weak impact on there? He's just doing that thing, the freaking beam. It's not moving at all. You had pulled the so radiator like, out? Um, whenever I do like a front cover on a bus, I undo the support bolts and I just scoot everything forward. Okay. So we finally ended up putting like a three, yeah, we put a three quarter impact on it and Oh, it man. just wouldn't go, and then it finally just twisted the snock, the socket, and <laughs> things went flying. We're like, what? I think that one he ended up. What did he do? I think we ended up having to cut the bracket arms off, and then I think he snuck us. What did he do? I don't. I just remember the crank pulley came off with it. I don't know how it happened, what happened, but yeah, I. I don't understand why those things are on there so tight. It's <laughs> unusually tight. Yeah. No, abnormally it, it, tight. So we started putting, and we put them back together. We just like goop them with anti-seats now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I've done a, a few of those. But yeah, I always do it with uh, radiator in. So I'm using, a, I have a, you know, the snap-on socket, but I've cut the, the socket short, shorter. Yeah, so that's what we did with our ours too and then um and then a long breaker bar and a pipe and yeah but when when it's getting ready to, to break loose it's like come on <laughs> you ever noticed, back at you. <laughs> have you ever noticed when you pull the air compressor off on those the really really big alignment dowel or stud that goes in like the cylinder head or no it's not mm -hmm. the cylinder head it's in the block in the block do those ever come out or do they just end up breaking 
you know, I've heard of them having issues, but I haven't ever pulled that front cover off. Because, like, that, piece. That, com- that compressor bracket stud whatever, it's just mm-hmm. a dowel. It's probably, like, as thick as my thumb. Mm-hmm. You undo the bolts and you go to wiggle it out and all of a sudden... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> How did that break? It, it doesn't make any sense to any of us because like, the, the thing's literally massive. Yeah. And it's like, I just wiggled it like, doo, 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 doo. and we haven't had a single one that hasn't done it, which is very surprising. I've heard of them breaking, but I haven't had to pull that, pull that off. I haven't done that. I haven't gone much in on the engine stuff. We always farm that out. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I'd show up and do some diagnostic initially if it was anything in the base engine or whatever we'd send it to send it to a Ford dealer and then if it was rushed so happy they were probably extremely happy when those things showed up I had to mess with the uh, the gateway module the gateway module like inside the inside the bus Mm -hmm. and like the the LED addresses and figuring out like yeah so we Mm -hmm. went to I went to Bluebird school Okay. Like, wait, are you talking you know, about the chassis control module? Yeah, well, I, well, yeah, I guess what they call it. like in the middle of the bus, yeah. you know, right in beginning of the walkway. Yeah, Dog yeah. <laughs> so you pull that thing out, and there's a like a fucking a box with a bunch of lights on it, yep. and you like hit these sequence of buttons, and it gives you like a code for like some subsystem, and you like yep. sit with your legs crossed and your arms crossed, and it, like it's supposed to do some special. I don't know. Yeah, That's I don't crazy. use these. I don't know anybody who used the LEDs at the dealer level. We were like, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> those, glad we those, don't work on that stuff. Those boxes the only are very thing I, Sorry, I don't mean to no, no. cut you off. The only thing I gathered from the gateway module on those is don't mess with them. Yes. <laughs> that is the only bit of inter- information I remembered is just don't unplug it. Just don't touch it. Don't do anything to it because you're going to have a really bad time if you do. Interesting. This guy yeah, just emailed worked. me. He says he's got F-250 2012. He goes, hey, man, I just finished watching your video about replacing battery terminals. I am a submarine mechanic by trade. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Damn. I want to get him on. So, what do you what do you do on a submarine? <laughs> a what? So, is he saying that he couldn't figure it out? Oh, here I'll just I'll read it to you. Let's see what let's see what he let's see what he says. Hey, man, just finished watching your video about replacing some battery terminals. I'm a submarine like the, mechanic like by the trade. Leads? Or like yeah. the actual terminals on Terminal. the battery because I've seen that happen before and it's quite hilarious to watch and i have done a lot of my own mechanical work on my truck feeling really stupid right now i was having gremlins and i knew i was i knew i was something electrical having a fear of wires i brought it into a dealer turns out my terminals were cracked and they replaced the entire cable assembly had to cut new keys and a million other things the total came out to 2700 god damn I saw this fix. Took 15 minutes to accomplish what they did in two weeks. <sighs> I've never worked in the auto repair industry, but charging 2200 to replace a $500 harness seems steep. 
do you know of any good avenues to dispute this? Ooh, Jake. Being that I'm on a podcast right now, I'm going to mark unread from here. And later, I am going to respond to you with a response requiring high-speed voice communication. Because I think going over text, you're going to need to, we need to figure out or brainstorm on a possible avenue you could take because that does seem kind of funny. And I don't know um, if the individual who was working on your truck didn't know that that was available. That's neither here nor there. However, knowing's half the battle and... Um, Dude, that's one thing that pisses me off about working on trucks more than anything is everyone thinks that you need to just absolutely sodomize the customer for a lack of better words. Like, what are you doing charging someone 20 hours to replace a battery harness on that? Pretty, pretty, pretty whack, man. It's, it's the same guys that charge like 40 hours to do a high pressure fuel system. Like I, well, we have to make up for all the warranty time. No, 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 no. That's on. not. All right. Okay, I'm on that side of the, the fence times. now. What? My what truck's leaking oil. So it's like, no, I'm on the, the side of the fence. It's like, what happens if I had to take my truck in to get it fixed? And, you know, it's like, oh, gee, you know, what's going on at the dealer? What's my truck doing? You know, are they uh, hot rodding in it? Oh, man. Like, oh, are they smoking in it? Oh, like, I get it. I understand. I just dealt, you guys remember the video that I made of the Godzilla motor with the crank seal that I did long time ago, back, back in September, customers totally cool. Just saw him today and he has a noise coming from his transmission and it, it, it's something that he's very concerned about. I get it. He, he paid a lot of money for his truck. I did on my truck too. And my truck's leaking oil. And I, and I conveyed to him, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, keeping social distance, but you know, I like, I tapped him on his shoulder. I'm like, brother, I get it. I just dropped 75 K on my truck and it's leaking oil. Guess what? I have to pull the trans out. <laughs> I understand. I, I brother, I want to fix your truck. We're going to, we're going to get it handled. Um, I, I sympathize, I sympathize, um, for, for those individuals, because it's like, you know, I, I totally get it. And it's sometimes that stigma of the dealers like, Oh, you know, I'm going to go to the dealer. I'm going to get, I'm going to get, you know, get, get it handed Dude, to me. And yeah, I don't, they want, might not fix it. Like I can, I don't want to have that that initial thought when someone's like, well, I don't want to bring it to the dealer because you guys charge way too much and you guys, you guys don't really know what you're doing. I cannot like, stand. That's one thing that bugs the hell out of me is when I hear. But the reason only... that's happening is because there's people out there that sadly work at dealerships that think the best way for them to, you know, make a dollar is just to completely screw the customer. And I'm, I'm really not okay with that. 
I have, I'm not tooting my own horn, but it, it's something that's very important to me. I have created a large following, uh, now starting on social media, but just at my store um, with my customers and word of mouth customers from them um, coming in to see me uh, to get their truck taken care of. And um, it is, it, it's something that I believe in and I, I want to to uh, try to make their experience the best because that that is what I do not want to put out there that you know you go to the dealer and you, you, you Matt you've heard the stories Nate you've heard the stories I, it's they're out there it's not every dealer is going to be a one not every tech's going to be a one but i mean in your area you would hope that you'd find you know a good repair facility you know they can get your truck in and out you know take that extra step to you know make you feel like you got a deal or you know make you feel like you're going to want to come back or gee this guy really met my expectations i think meeting expectations for people with even a six, seven, for instance, in your situation, okay, you got, you, you're, you're starting your own business. Your truck is your everything. So if your truck's not working, you're not paying bills. And right. to have that sense of urgency to get that deaf heater repaired or, oh, we just sold the last one yesterday, but our local supplier or our sister store, uh, we can have that picked up by lunch and have the truck back to you. Whatever you got to do to get the truck back. Sometimes uh, this society that we have going on takes the lazy way the first time. And it's not you know, about quality and doing it right the first time, even though it may take you or inconvenience you, do what's right. If I had brought my truck in there, I would expect none less for somebody to do the exact same thing that I, I would normally do for the, for them. Um, it's important to me to deliver good service. It's important to me to try uh, to the best of my ability to meet their expectations because I feel with that view, the reciprocation back from the customer to bring their vehicle back to you or, hey, you need to go over and see A-Rod at Bill Brown. Now I just got 10 more trucks come in. Oh, shit. That's not only good for me, but that's good for the dealer. That's good for uh, this this area because um, word of mouth, you know, spreads like a wildfire and it's not uh, advertising on TV or advertising over social media. You know, that's not always the way to get to people. People talk. People talk amongst themselves and people who have fleets, you know, talk like how many people that we have service their fleets wind up bringing us their personal vehicles. Like that's, that's huge when, when you're uh, looking to run a business, because I mean, it's all about customer retention. And if you can, you know, convey to that customer that their investment is going to be in good hands, I'm going to work on this dude's truck just like I did today. He drove all the way from Colorado to have me do his upper oil pan. I'm going to work on his truck just like I would do my truck. I mean, there should be no, no uh, second standard. That should be number one. And, and the guys who 
without name dropping, maybe young in the game, maybe not focused on quality, um, are taking the shortcuts that aren't letting them learn. The be truck, taking the shortcuts in the no, beginning. You, no, you got to learn no. how to do it the right way first. It, 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 it so bugs me. The truck came in with 10 bolts. Why do you put eight back? Like, man, come on, bro. Dude, why my do you? Biggest, that's not my right. biggest pet peeve is when you go to pull a front wheel liner out and one of those little five and a half millies is missing. I don't know why, but that just drives me up a wall. Or, or somebody takes a cab off and puts the upper turbo clamp facing backwards. I'll kill you. I Man, what, you what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> well, that's what the thing. Is like, people, people will sit there and be like, I didn't touch it. I didn't have someone else work on it. Well, out of the however that's many whatever's I've done. This clamp's supposed to be staring me right in the face, but offset a little bit like this to the point that pisses me off because I can't get a socket on it from the factory. Now I got to get my wobbly do. Now I got to get my 11 milli ratcheting wrench on it or it's facing the wrong way or now I can't get to it because you have all the clamps just pointing at each other, having a staring contest. And dude, the biggest one that pissed me off is Someone loosened the Torca clamp on the downpipe when they didn't even need to, and then they didn't tighten it. What are you doing? How many what jobs you, you got leftover bolts for? Where do these go? The only time I have oh. leftover bolts is on an engine job because it's the old bolts. Good call, good call, Aguado. I like that. Oh, speaking speaking of off, which, speaking how many of fan which, trout, how many fan trouts you go to pull off mm-hmm. in the furthest passing, furthest driver's side bolt on the bottom is missing? Mm. All of them. I see more. Okay. Look under your truck, uh, Nate. Uh, through uh, through the bumper, the front, like maybe you got a license plate bracket. So behind there, you'll see like these rubber air dam pieces. It kind of bolts to the bumper and helps deflect air like up into the primary radiator. And above uh, the primary radiator, there's a piece of rubber that goes all the way across and makes contact, you know, with the hood to make this void of, you know, airflow. I think the most thing I see all the time is those missing, Foot, cut, hanging, dangling like this in the wind, bumper harness just hanging, fog lights hanging. <laughs> what the heck, man? After I got Dude, you know the what water else? pump done and the radiator, there, I popped the hood and you know, I was looking at things. I did have like what I saw is I had a one bolt loose from the air box that sits on top of the intake one of those is like yeah whatever run it in and then um a harness of the like christmas tree retainers it wasn't popped back in so like, put that back in and then a water pump bolt was sticking out like that far <laughs> they didn't even tighten it wow I was like, okay well i'll call the dealer <laughs> i come back um it did leak 
So they put a lot of a lot of that uh, goo in there, I'm sure, and, and just glued the bolt in place, but the bolt wasn't doing anything. And there were, oh. what, like 11 bolts or 15 bolts that hold a water pump in? Yeah. So like, I get how bolts. one could get missed, but it's like when you're done torquing everything. You know, <laughs> like, I'll tell you what. Sure they're all, <laughs> they're all I in. hope they didn't put like an aftermarket water pump on it too. I think oh. every time I do a water pump on a 6.7 – no matter how many times I'm like, I got all the bolts. Go to give it a little. I'm like, man, why isn't this thing coming? I go around again. I got. Oh, I freaking missed the button, man. I never cease to amaze me. You're I talking sw- about that hidden ten minutes on the bottom I that you can barely see. I get every bolt. And I Dude, always I'll take, wind I'll up take missing the, one. I swear. I'll take, the, I'll take the new water pump and I'll sit there and I'll be like, okay. One, two, You son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what I wound up doing that I found next time maybe try it. Um, it worked out really well. It's not that much more work is I took the alternator bracket, power steering, and took oh, it. I dis- whole thing off. Yeah, I did. I I don't disconnect any lines. I disconnect the ba- the the B plus off the battery off the battery. Yeah, you just off the generator. And I take that whole bracket and lay it down right in front of the crank, right onto the sway bar. Boom! Water pump, boy, right there. Yeah, I need I to make a video time, doing that way. Remember the first time I went to take the lower shroud out? I couldn't figure out why the hell it wouldn't come out. <laughs> I'm sitting there. He's like, oh, I couldn't no, figure wanna, out why okay, the hell no, it wouldn't no, come it's, out. It's not, the, it's not the lower shroud. It's the fan stator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right, 13, 13, 13. And I'm like, what the fuck? Fucking, I'm like, how the fuck do you get this thing out of here? So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just keep twisting it and twisting it and twisting it. I'm like getting fucking angry, screaming, getting pissed. And then I <laughs> took my flashlight and like, it's like, fuck this thing, right? So then I walk and go pick up my flashlight and I'm looking in from the passenger side. I'm like, oh, damn, Matt, you stupid. There's a harness clip right there. Oh, which always breaks, by the way. You can, I have, I don't think I've ever saved one. It is broken. Dude, the thing I don't understand is when you go to put that fan stator back in, right? You can literally just take it, push it down in there, get the rubber, stick your hands through it, and, and it goes right in. Why can't it come out that easy? You know what I do? Is so I pull it off the studs, pull it uh-huh. off the studs towards the radiator, uh-huh. and I take it and I turn it. I keep turning. No, that's it. that's what I do. I twist it out. Yeah, but I'm saying when you go to reinstall it, you yeah. can literally put it right back in the installed way, and then take your hands on the rubber lip and push it underneath the lower shroud. Oh, really? It just I, goes in. I twist it right back in. No, so you don't even need, under that. You lip. don't even you don't even need to twist it in. No shit, I've never tw- untwisted it in. It's like minutes to take it off and seconds to reinstall. It pisses oh, me wow. off. Wow. The other thing I noticed with those water pumps is you do not tighten down the bolts until you have every single bolt started by like two or three threads. Most definitely. That was another first water pump mistake. Most and of course definitely. the boys aren't the boys aren't going to tell me this because they want me to learn. They don't want to the be boy. like, "Hey, by the hey, way, boys, I know you guys are watching over there, over and you know where. Be nice to my man. He works hard. I doing. I don't know lots of stuff. 
I don't know. I don't. I I think a lot of people would disagree with him. Matt's on his phone making TikToks again. Use use utes. You I utes. probably am. I'm probably making TikToks, but he's a ute. It was a 1986 Pontiac Tempest. Funny movie. You know what um, else pisses me off, Matt? You know, about... you know the, you know the coolant hose that goes on the uh, little resonator on the intake. It's got that coolant zip tie hose. on it. Oh, from the like the secondary. Uh, I think it's primary. Whatever. Anywho, it goes from the radiator, and then over the little air box thing. Right, yeah. it's got the indent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it pisses us all off every time a truck comes in, and we know it came from a different shop because they'll have the zip tie on the wrong side of the channel. You're gonna mm. look at it, and you're gonna know what I'm talking about, and you're gonna be like, "Damn." I think six seven. It, uh, Ryan and I were talking about this actually before, and I wrote myself a note. It's something I, I want to start making coverage on. <clears throat> 21 is the 10 year anniversary for the 6.7 liter. That is Quite not really, yeah, not really counting the 7.3. I know. 7.3 and people think you know all oh, the 7.3 the 7.3 back then and IDI and 7.3 before it was a power stroke and the 7.3 back to 03 it's I mean yeah but uh, yeah, we're not this is Ford this engine 10 years gen 1 gen 2 gen 3 a lot has happened Matt I we've learned a lot we repaired a lot. Um, I think it is my favorite engine to work on. Uh, I'm excited uh, when people tell me they have it in their in their uh, their pickup trucks. I want to know, you know, what they've done to it. Uh, if they've had any problems, any bad dealer experiences, um, and I want to talk about um, the the things that have been changed from Gen One to Gen Two, Gen Three. I know in the very beginning we didn't like those turbos, and then we had the glow plug chips breaking off, and then you know Thirteen came the the uh, silicone for the oil pan, and then we had a turbo change, and it's just so many things evolved, and we had to evolve, and and the the wiring repairs we found, and then we had coolant leaks, and just stuff it just it just happens. It's not something that it was designed with to happen and that's how we make money it's this just happens you, you, people think i really like doing upper oil pans all the time no no i don't i really no it's a love-hate relationship with that with that and people are like but you can you can do them quick and it's like that's because i've done far too many of them uh, uh, yeah and i think okay so pulling the trans when i think about pulling the trans Pulling the chance, okay. I'm thinking about it right now. Starter, torque converter, bowls. Got to turn the engine over. How cramped that is. Drive shaft. No, I mean pulling the trans. Dude, the, <sighs> the the thing that's dumb is the thing I hate most about that job. It's not getting my arms like just doused in oil. It's not you know doing this, doing that. 
It's the stupid oil filter housing. What do you mean? The fact that I have to take that off to get to the starter just makes me angry. Like, I literally will be like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, man. I got the starter in this thing. Uh-uh. Got my torque converter nuts on. Got the trans. Everything's all good. I got to put that stupid housing on. And I don't know why. It just makes me angry. My starter, I take the fender liner out, one, and the uh-huh. tire. Uh-uh. And I do my torque converter nuts through there because I pull my starter out through there. So I'm not taking a bath in the oil filter adapter while I'm doing the torque converter bolts. So I found a way. If you position the starter a certain way, it comes right up the top. Whoop! I have my boy down here sitting on the stool because I got the truck, you know, chest height. Sit in there. Got my, my 3 8 ra- uh, electric ratchet impact. Fucking hit that boy. Spin it. Just let him drop in there. Spin it. And then I'll lift it all the way up do all my other bullshit and then take the oil filter adapter housing off. Cause then I'm not going back up, back up, you know, as it's just douching all over me. I'll have to show you. Um, I have a video. I have a video. Well, I, you know, I, I take the starter you. off. I take the starter off like 10 milli, 15 milli gone out of my way. Cause then when I go to pull the harness off, right. Off the sides, you don't have this giant wad of aluminum and steel packing up your whole ordeal. Oh yeah, we just do it in different, different sequences. That's, that's the way you know. That's the way I like to do it. But my way isn't the right way. Aaron's way isn't the wrong way. That's, no, that's just, kind of the fun thing about doing. Uh, I I have never jacked the motor up before, and this time I did. And I know it says it in the workshop manual to do it. And I believe the workshop manual is a guide and I look at the workshop manual all the time, but I have been able to not do it without jacking the engine up. And I jacked the engine up this time and it was a 17. So it's a little tighter getting those back two bolts. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, it, um, it, it was way easier. So, I mean, it took, I had to take four fasteners out the big long bolt, the three motor mount nuts jacked it up right on the ear corner of the block. Matt says he jacks it with a block of wood right on the studs. And I put a 15 mil nut or a 15 mil nut, a 15 mil three eights, uh, 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 impact socket. But Matt's jacked it up even higher where he's put a 19 mil in there. And I couldn't Wait, even go anymore. You took, you took the engine mount bolt out the big one off the driver's side. I just took it all the way out. Oh, see, I don't even, I just go to the passenger side with those three twenty fours, and then Get just my start big jacking. old four by four. Set the hoist down onto it. Nineteen mil goes. No, up she goes, and then just rolls her right over. Okay, you know what? I was actually turning it. Maybe next time, because I was already on the locks on the hoist. Maybe I'll fucking do that next time. I'll actually oh, yeah, just, just lower, lower it. Yeah, that's what I'll do. See, Wonder, we're talking about this. This is how you figure shit out. I can't show you a picture because you know, I'm using my phone right now, but you know what? That's okay. Um, yeah, I don't like doing up. You, did you see my dog? Yeah. Did you see my dog? Yeah. Why didn't you say hi to Arch? He was oh, so excited to be on the podcast. Oh, Archie. Oh, Archie. Oh, here he comes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here he comes. Archie. You got to see this. You got to see this ridiculousness. Hey, Archie, come here. 
Archie, come here. Come on, come here. Look at this little bungalow. No, just wait. Look what he's got. What's he got? Look at this carrot. Oh my gosh. Giant carrot. <laughs> he's Giant a good carrot. Unit. Yeah. I think um speaking of dogs, you know, having getting into a customer's car and having it smell like dog is freaking nasty, dude. I can't stand that, it. The 7.3 that I sent you that uh, pissed in all through the engine, that thing smelled like weed. Oh, my God. 7.3 what? Pickup? Yeah. The, the, um, the tremor. Dang. That, you know, piston you went through the what? Everywhere. I, there's this much connecting rod left on the uh, on the crank, and how many miles over through the place? He has twenty four thousand on it. Damn! I don't know. One of the guys in our mainline shop is the one doing it, but what color? You get over there. Yeah, I don't even remember what color it is. But it's a tremor. So, yeah, it might be like that dark red or no shit. black or blue. I don't. I don't remember. I like those tremor tires. I like those like Wranglers. I like those. I wonder how they wear. They probably do, like I've crap. never had I've never had a customer with good success of Wranglers right. on anything. What kind of tires on you like got on a, yours, Nate? On a Jeep or anything. I have factory tires, the Michelin's. Oh, are you? Okay, okay. I got those too. I just do you I like don't, the Michelin's? I don't like them. I I do like them. Do you? <laughs> So, are you getting like a good wear pattern out of them or yeah are you doing yeah, front to back are you doing crisscross crisscross oh are you okay okay yeah. okay the uh, so when i worked for the dealer here i was in a 2014 f-250 90 000 miles on some somewhere in there and those tires wore really well they did well in the snow when i had to go over the pass um the quiet so I, I liked them. Um, I went through a set of them. I think they lasted around like 60,000 miles, 50, 60,000, which is pretty decent for an all-terrain um, tire that works in the snow. <laughs> or I had, I had decent luck with them in the snow anyway. And um, yeah, so I just kept that. And then when I got the truck, when I bought the truck new, the one I have now, um, the tires were, were there. They needed to be replaced. So they're like, yeah, we, we'll replace them. I said, perfect. Throw the factory ones on. No kidding. They're like, okay. So I got a brand new set and I've got what almost thirty thousand miles on it on the tires and look good. Yeah, they look they look great. Maybe yeah. I got something going on with my alignment or something. My my steering wheel, I don't have any poles. My steering wheel clear vision is good. I've talked about this before in other videos and, and other podcasts. Um um I just have very unusual tire wear. Like they are really feathered. Like I've been making I'm only driving in like parking lots and it's just what? Like, I don't understand. I'm crisscrossing them. Tire pressure's maybe right on point. Maybe it's a Michigan road thing. Maybe it's I like got to check my toe. Of, maybe yeah, I, I don't my know. Like, rubbing. I don't know. Nine out of 10 of our customers do not like those Michelins, which I find very interesting. Hmm. But the fact that you're having good success with them makes me happy. Sorry, I gotta gotta plug my phone in. Thanks. Hmm. 
Interesting, interesting. Interesting. I know uh, it's going to be something I'm, I'm going to try to get figured out because I don't. Um, I don't know if I'm going to stick with them. If I'm going to write them out, if I um, am going to say something about them, get replacement tires or get a credit to uh, another set of tires. I just, uh, I'm not really feeling for the little of the snow. I guess I couldn't really use that as a, we got like, I don't know, Rye, what do you think that was? Three inches, two inches, three inches we got maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe. I think they weren't that good in there, but it was real wet. If we had gotten more snow and maybe, you know, it wasn't as wet, it would have been a little easier to drive, but I can't say, I don't have good things to say about them right now. The, the weight may make a difference because I'm, I've got quite a bit of weight in the back of the truck right now, but even before I put the toolboxes and everything back there, um, I drove it a couple times last winter, like January, I went to Colorado. Um, actually that was Thanksgiving. So 2019 went to Colorado for Thanksgiving and it was a nasty snowstorm all the way there and didn't have any problems, but we had, you know, I've got my wife, two kids. I don't think we had our dogs with us in the truck with our stuff in the bed, in the bed, but yeah, I had no issues on the snow there. Oh. And then in January, we made a trip to Utah and it was a similar thing, snow, most of the way there. Okay. And yeah, I didn't have any problems there. And here in Washington, we get a lot of the wet, heavy snow. And yeah, maybe the weight makes a difference. Do you know. have the but electronic four by four or do you have manual, manual four by four shift? Electronic. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay word word i know i forget maybe, to uh, maybe i'm the anomaly with the tires <laughs> the only one who likes them i don't know <laughs> i don't know i uh i know my buddy has the goodyear kevlar like assurance good goodyear assurance it's got kevlar or something on the on the side um he's gotten decent mileage on those and and has has got no oh has got no complaints but um it's just hard to get good good longevity out of a lt tire mm -hmm. it is uh definitely something we can we can talk about and, and brainstorm um i definitely am inquiring about getting different tires but that's going to be you know probably not going to be coming up soon um i'm got my my mind focused on repairing my oil leak uh, i'm not too happy about that but gonna have to figure it out hopefully it's going to be a rear crank seal pull trans um um but uh i think it's going to be a learning experience never had a 2020 ripped into a 2020 um and see what's up never done uh anything other what have i done on 2020 nothing but maintenance i haven't had really any i replaced a mass airflow sensor in one um i think the most i've done with a 2020 is replacing egt4 Knox two and particulate matter sensors because 
some goofy people decided they were going to come onto our lot one night and try to steal DPS off of our trucks. So that's those, the most I've had to deal with those. Those mother scratchers. Mm -hmm. I think this might be a good time to, to end it here. <clears throat> um, we got to get DS, um, Daddy Diesel back on here. Um, shout out to uh, my work, Bill Brown Fleet. Check us out at billbrownford.net. Um, and another um, announcement, you can now find all of our podcasts, one through currently 16 as of today, the 13th of January, um, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So not only here on uh, YouTube with people who don't have YouTube Red and can't have their phone off and play in the background, uh, we are now going to be able to accommodate you guys so that you can check us out anytime that you want. So a uh, big shout out to uh, Nate for tuning in over there on the West Coast. We really appreciate you tuning in and uh, joining us tonight, Matt, Ryan, as always. And uh, make sure to check my email up here above my head. And if you want to get in to this podcast and have a discussion about just real life, real life stuff going on, talking about trucks and keeping it real, uh, shoot me an email. Thanks so much for watching, guys. We'll catch you next time.